You're listening to Napa Valley College Now on NapaBroadcasting.com. Thanks for joining us here on Napa Broadcasting and Napa Valley College Now. I'm Jeff Sheckman. I think about all the things that we've talked about here on Napa Valley College Now. Career and technical programs, the arts, housing, facilities, bonds, finance, and even the library, to name just a few. But at the core of all of it is the true educational mission of the college, the needs of students in the 21st century, their future, and the viability of an institution like NVC in providing the education they need for their future and ours. We're going to talk about this today with my guest, Eric Shear. He is the Vice President of Instruction here at Napa Valley College, and it's my pleasure to welcome him to Napa Broadcasting. Eric, thanks so much for coming in. Uh, thank you for having me here today. It's great to have you here. First of all, uh, it's the first time you've been here with us. Tell us a little bit about your background and uh, a little bit about how you wound up as uh, Vice President of Instruction here. I'd be happy to. So background, so originally from Southern California, um, but then I moved up here when I was a kid and lived in Angwin. Um, grew up in Angwin, went to uh, elementary school, started high school up there before I decided uh, to move on down the hill to St. Helena. Um and from St. Helena High School, I actually came here in 1989 as a student at Napa Valley College um, and spent, oh, a few years here trying to get through my first two years of college. And uh, from there, went on to Sonoma State University, where I completed my undergraduate degree. And from there, up to the University of Oregon, where I completed my Master of Fine Arts degree, the terminal degree in the visual arts. So my background and training academically is in the visual arts field. Um, came back here in 2000 uh, to teach as a part-time instructor in the studio arts program. Jay Golick, um, who's familiar here in town, who was right. the head of our art program here at the college for many, many years, and who had been my art professor 10 years previous to that, uh, gave me a call one day and asked if I'd be interested in uh, coming down and teaching here at the college. So uh, my family and I moved back from Oregon back here to Napa so I could have an opportunity to teach right out of grad school. And I planned on coming back here for a couple of semesters to get a little bit of teaching under my belt back in 2000. And 17 years later, I'm still here at the college. Right. And now vice president <laughs> of instruction. So you've been around a long time. Talk a little bit about how the role, what you've seen with respect to the role of community colleges and how it's changed in this period of time. Yeah, you know, it's been an extraordinary transformation over the last 25 years since I started as a student here in the community college system. I went to both Napa Valley College and I also attended Santa Rosa Junior College, too, uh, during those years. And the, the community colleges, you know, have been here and they've been a major part of the higher education scene in California for, you know, close to 100 years now, um, it, actually over 100 years now, and um, really play, play a key role in the higher education system here in California. So we have 72 community college districts, 113 individual colleges here in California. We are the largest system of higher education in the world. Um, certainly in the nation and, and absolutely in the world as well. Um, we educate anywhere from two and a half million to three million students per year um, in the community college system. So we are a large, large, large uh, institution statewide. Um, you know, it's some of what some of what's really changed in the community college system in the last twenty five years, and certainly in the last ten years. Uh, the community college has always had multiple missions, multiple emphases to. Uh, to serve the local communities that they that they operate in. So two of the primary missions uh, for a long time have been to prepare students for transfer. 
So that is, we offer the first two years of a four-year baccalaureate mm-hmm. program. So we, for us, that, uh, that culminates at the associate's degree level. But we also provide career technical education for those that are, in, uh, that are looking to enter um, career and occupational areas and, and go directly from us to into the workforce. Additionally, we have an, a third component of our mission, which is providing basic skills for students that aren't up to collegiate level. So all three of those, all three of those, um, parts of our mission have kind of danced around and waxed and waned in importance over the years. And one of the really big changes in the last year has, has in, in the last 10 years has been the increased emphasis on transfer um, it, and, and our, and our uh, role as transfer institutions within the three-tiered system of higher education here in California. So that includes us, the California Community Colleges, mm-hmm. but then the CSU system and the UC system. Um, one of the things that we've seen is that the cost, as the cost of education has gone up in the CSU and in the UC, even though we've seen some modest increases in the cost of education and community college system, we are still the cheapest system of community college anywhere in the nation. Um, and so we have become an increasingly popular and viable destination for students that are looking to come get their first two years of general education and basic lower division prep out of the way before they transfer on into the CSU, the UC system, and into private schools as well. The fact that costs have increased so dramatically, not only in private colleges and universities, but even in the state system, costs have gone up. What additional pressures, what additional responsibilities has that put on the community college system? Well, you know, we're limited in the num- in the total number of students that we can serve um, in our community colleges. So we're given we're given a number by the state that says you can serve X number of students. They put it in slightly different terms, but it translates into basically an enrollment cap for every community college in the state. And so one of the one of the difficulties that we've that we've always um, that we've always faced with that is that. Um, even in even in an era of, of stable enrollment, we have to juggle the sorts of courses that we offer to ensure that we are meeting the student population where they're at at that time. So if we have more students that are interested in transfer, we need to be offering more courses that are geared towards preparing them mm-hmm. for that transfer pathway. And so just always trying to juggle that and maintain the balance between that. The other major part, the, the other major thing that's changed in the community college system in the last few years in particular has been that the an, another role that the community college has played historically has been to offer um, education for the community in the sense of students that aren't, you know, uh, members of the community that aren't necessarily looking for a degree, that aren't necessarily looking to transfer, that might want to take a class. You know, they might want to take a, a, a class in the visual arts or they might want to take, you know, they've gone through a career and they've raised their children and uh, they have uh, no children left at home and they finally finally have the time and the inclination to come out and learn how to sing or they want to come out and learn how to act or they want to come out and they want to learn how to how to throw ceramic pots on the on a potter's wheel or they want to come in and take an accounting class because it's always been interesting to them or a history class and so we have uh, the needs of those students that we try to serve as well and that and and as we have more students that are coming in that are interested in the more focused transfer pathways or more interested in the real focused career technical education pathways. It becomes more difficult sometimes to balance out serving those community students as well that just want to come in and take the odd class here or there. With respect to the career and technical courses, how is it decided among the various colleges within the system what courses, what particular specialties will be at what, whether it's here or Santa Rosa or Sonoma? How is that 
parceled out. Yeah. So career technical education in the state is handled quite a bit differently than other types of curriculum in that it is uh, determined regionally. So um, so even though Napa, uh, Napa Valley College sits in Napa County and we have our service area, we don't get to just decide here at the college which program we would like to offer uh, in the career technical education area. We do have to look at our labor market information to see where the needs are within our service area. But then from that point on, we have to then work with what's for us, um, the Bay Area um, Regional Consortium, which is a consortium of career technical education programs across about 20 community colleges in the Bay Area. And we work with that consortium who then reviews our curriculum or program mm-hmm. development plans and, and looks at it from a regional perspective to see, you know, are, are we developing competing programs between us and Solano Community College or between us and Santa Rosa? Is there a regional need or is there a regional demand to support that individual program at that college? So that's another step that we go through for the program development process for career technical education. And that's really to help um, ensure that a across the state that we're not glutting the market with um, with workers that have no jobs, right. um, you know, so that we're actually meeting the demands and not exceeding the demand. How important is understanding the local economy in that? Obviously, with respect to hospitality and culinary and, and the VWT program here, those are very important components. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, yeah, certainly hospitality and, and VWT, our viticulture and winery technology program, um, have a very clear connection to the, to our service area in Napa County. Um, tourism and the winery business are, are really the lifeblood of the local economy. And so training students that, that go into those programs and providing educational opportunities for retraining for professionals that are already in those industries is a really key part of what we try to do here at the college. So yeah, ab- absolutely. And that's one of the great things about the community college system in general is that it it really does have those that local flavor. You know, one of the jokes in the community college system is that if you've seen one community college, you've seen one community college, you know, because every, every place is just a little bit different. And so, our, you know, our culture and, and the sorts of courses we offer vary a little bit. We're very different from Solano Community College. We're very different from Santa Rosa Junior College as they are from others. Mm-hmm. And, and to what extent is local control of these things a part of it? It's a huge part of that. You know, um, lo- local control is a, is a buzzword you, that you hear a lot when we talk about um, the operations and the governance of the community college system. So we do have a centralized, we have a system office, which we refer to as the chancellor's office for the California community colleges that's located in Sacramento. And they do have, um, you know, authority to, to help design, um, design regulations and give guidance to the local community colleges on how to develop programs and how to operate. And we have some accountability to that state entity. But a, a huge part of that is allowing the local entity to develop the way that it needs to to serve the community in which it's situated. Mm-hmm. To what extent do you look at, does, do the various agencies that look at this, the chancellor's office, the demographics of a particular community, not in terms of the businesses, not in terms of, of for example, winery and culinary as we were talking about, but the changing demographics of this community, for example, where the number of young people here continues to decrease as we see it. How does that affect the planning process and the things that you look at in terms of courses here at the college? 
Yeah, that's that's a really good question on that on that front because yeah, we are seeing a, a decline in in um, high school age students here in Napa County, but at the same time, um, we're, we have an influx of students from surrounding counties that are coming in here. So even with our local school district going uh, in, in a little bit of a de- uh, decline, we don't see the same sort of uh, decline in our overall enrollment in that mm-hmm. age group. So for our demographic, it's not necessarily declining here at the college in the way that it is for the local the local district, um, the the local unified school district. Uh, But that said, um, looking at who we're serving is a central part of it because as students are coming in from um, other areas of the county, but also from some of our service areas that that border over a little bit into Solano County, Mm -hmm. a little bit into Sonoma County, um, we have uh, have students that may have different expectations coming in. And so being aware of and being able to track those demographic trends is a really important part of our planning process. And so we have an office of uh, research planning and institutional effectiveness here um, at the college, and they provide um, data on a, on a near daily basis to me because I get a little bit geeky about that kind of stuff. But certainly that's something that always informs the planning process that we work with, mm-hmm. always trying to you know look far enough in the future to make sure that we're developing programs that are going to serve the students that are coming to us or are likely to come to us in the future. Are we seeing a student population that's getting a little bit older, those that are coming mid-career, not for the kind of community education courses you were talking about before, but serious retraining. Yeah, you know, and, and that's a trend across the community college system in California and certainly something that we see here. And, you know, part of that is that there's, the, uh, there's usually that demand within the, within, the local, uh, within the local service area for a college. Um, we've certainly seen a greater demand for it, but we've also been creating more programs that serve that. We've been creating more courses that, that serve those sorts of populations. And so we do see an increase in that. But also the basic notion of who a community college student is is uh, the that 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 uh, age group has actually shifted up a little bit too, um, where twenty somethings are more common for us at the community college rather than the standard eighteen year old directly out of high school. And why is that? What's changed to to create that? Well, I, I, th- there's probably so many different social factors that go that go into that that I probably couldn't adequately address all mm-hmm. of them um, in this context. But I, th- I think that there's several things that 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 happen. One, a lot of the students that come to us, even the 18-year-old that comes directly out of high school that's on fire to get over to UC Berkeley and is just coming to us to get that first two years out of the way, what we see with a lot of students is that they get out of school or they start with us, they don't necessarily get to come here full time. They have lives, they have family obligations, they have jobs. And uh, if anybody's ever tried to, to hold down a full-time job and be a full-time student at the same time, you know, they can tell you that it's extremely difficult to do both and do both well. And so there's a lot of pressures that, you know, that even though we are a two-year college on paper, that's not the average time to completion for most students, even really dedicated students pushing through the program hard. It takes a little bit longer than that. So the, the, the time to completion alone is something that helps to push that demographic um, uh, up into the 20-somethings and away from the, the, the standard, you know, typical, stereotypical, perhaps, a teenager that's mm-hmm. a freshman in college. We see a lot of changes taking place in K-12 education in terms of group learning, project-based learning. Certainly here in Napa, we're seeing a great deal of that, some of the stuff that, that started at New Tech and other places yeah. that have filtered into the district. And we're seeing that more and more, obviously, in other places in the country. 
To what extent has that had an impact on the courses and the programs here? That, that you know, the changes that we've seen in K-12 pedagogy have, have certainly been reflected in the changes in higher educational pedagogy and andragogy as well. Um, you know, the one of, one of the one of the things that you'll see in a lot of our classrooms now is what they call a flipped classroom model, where um, rather than rather than focusing on having the person standing at the front of the room lecturing for an hour and a half, the sage on a stage um, model uh, that may have been typical many years ago, what you'll see instead oftentimes is small group work in a classroom or the students are coming in and doing work that normally would have been associated with homework previously, and they're coming into the classroom actually having watched lectures online uh, and, and interacted with the educational materials in digital format and coming to the class prepared for discussion, prepared for um, group work, and, and prepared for actual hands-on activity. So you see a lot of that, that, that sort of stuff happening in a lot of our classrooms, too. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of that, how much do you have to be aware of and be sensitive to changes that are taking place in the UC system and in the state system so that that transfer is more facilitated than it, than it might have been otherwise. Yeah, yeah, we serve multiple masters in the, right. in the community college system. We are sandwiched right between a lot of a lot of other educational entities and so we are always looking at the input into our system as well as the output right. from our from our system. So being aware of the trends in K-12 is important, but on the other side of it with the transfer out to the CSU and to the UC in particular, there's been a lot of state level initiatives of over the last five, six years um, that have been helping to facilitate that process. Um, prior to my service as the vice president of instruction here at the, at the college, actually for the previous year, I, I served as the curriculum director for one of those statewide projects. It was called the CID project, course identification and numbering system project. Um, and so as the director for that, we were working with both the CSU and the UC systems in creating clear undergrad, um, l- lower division transfer pathway degrees, what we call associate degrees for transfer, that if a student completes it here at Napa Valley College, they are guaranteed entry at a junior level at a CSU in that major. And so there's a lot of that sort of work going on because we, what, what we found statewide over, over the years is that um, students don't attend just one community college. Now here in Napa, with, here in Napa, we do have several other community colleges that were, are within commuting distance. Um, and many of the students that come from our service area do just attend Napa Valley College. They're not necessarily swirling around. But in many areas of the state, you'll see, you know, if, if you're in Southern California in, in particular, you can drive down, drive down the freeway right. and every other exit's a community college. Um, and so students take classes at whatever college they happen to have an open spot in. So they might collect three units from Rio Hondo and four units from Mount San Antonio College and, you know, on and on and on. Um, and so what, what, what we saw happening at the state level was that, that the standards for transfer into the CSU and the UC were not the same everywhere. Right. If you came from one community college, you had this set of expectations. If you came from this community college, this was your set of expectations in order to transfer. If you went to Cal State Fresno, this was your entry requirement. If you went to Cal, Cal State uh, Stanislaw, this was your entry requirement. Um, and so increasingly, there have been a lot of initiatives at the state level to help 
uh, create something that's a little more standardized across the state mm-hmm. um, to help facilitate that transfer in the better interest of students so that no matter where they come from or go to, that there is a reasonable level of similar expectations academically and coursework-wise. Mm-hmm. What are the trends right now in terms of what majors, what courses, what areas of interest are popular with students, the trends that you have to stay ahead of? Yeah, so actually, funny you should bring that up. I had the spreadsheet up this afternoon, actually, and was looking at um, a list of the popular transfer majors in the CSU system from the California Community Colleges to the CSU. And surprising no one, the two that still top the list, that have topped the list for a long time, are business and psychology. Um, By far, the preponderance of students that come out of the community college system to go into the CSU, those are the two big transfer majors out of any school Mm -hmm. anywhere in the state of California. Um, But other than that, there's, there's a lot of programs that would surprise no one either you know you have your um so you have your you have your business you have your psychology you have um health occupations programs so you get a lot of students that are interested in coming out of the rn uh, of the rn programs Mm -hmm. like our adn program here at napa valley college and going into a bsn program a bachelor of science in nursing program um at this at the csu um, but yeah, so we're, we're, we're looking at that data all the time to try and see what the students are actually doing when they leave here. Cause it's not always easy to track, but, um, it's been one of the great things about education actually here in the last, last 10 years, the availability of data right. has totally transformed how we get to think about what we're doing. A lot of the guesswork that we had to do 15 years ago or tracking students, you know, manually with surveys and, you know, being mailed out to their homes. It's just a, a lot of that's just easier to get at now. So we have uh, much more ready access to the information that we need to be able to make smart decisions here about preparing our students. Mm -hmm. One of the things that's unique in in the community college system in particular is the number of first-generation college students. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, this is is one of the great things about the community college system. It is the point of opportunity and the point of entry for many people um, into higher education. And, you know, we, we present uh, one of the things about, about how the community college system is designed, um, it's free and open. So by, by law, back in the, ed, in the educational master plan days of the 1960s, um, out of the three systems of higher education, we were designed as the system that was free and that was open to anybody that wanted to come. So there's a couple of things that you have to, you know, you have to be a certain age. You can't come here when you're five necessarily, you know, so you, a couple of standards there, a couple of criteria, but otherwise we're open unless, uh, unless we have some statutory authorization to restrict somebody from being in a class like, you know, say a wine tasting class. We can't put a 12 year old right. in there. Um, but so because, because of the free and open nature of the, of the system, um, we, we are an accessible, accessible point into higher education that's a little less threatening. And the other thing, too, is that we're situated in the community. And so students who come to school here can live at home a lot of the time. They don't necessarily have to go out and go pay for a dorm fee somewhere or find housing in a, in a strange new town. They can uh, come here as a part-time student as well, um, which is a much easier thing to do here than it is at some of the four-year institutions. And so they can have a job, they can have a family, they can support the family um, while they are being educated. So all of the all of the ways that the community college system is structured make us a perfect entry point for a lot of those first-generation students. Um, and so we've served as that since the inception of, of the higher education master plan here in California. 
Where do you see the areas of growth for Napa Valley College over the next several years? Well, you know, I, I would I would say programmatically, I it, you know, we were looking at a report yesterday about the number of new hotel rooms that are going to be opening up here in Napa um, in the coming years. We you know we we definitely see that our hospitality program is going to be an area where we are likely going to be seeing a lot of growth. Um, I think that we will likely see uh, continuing growth in our business program here as well. Like I was saying before. Um, one of the one of the most popular, actually the most popular transfer major in the state of California, um, and so we're in the process of doing some revamping to to the curriculum in that area. Certainly, our VWT program, our Vineyard and Winery Technology program, um, we we've had fantastic leadership in that program for many years, and just recently we've hired two brand new faculty into that area, uh, Paul Gospodar, Paul Paul and Molly Hodgins, um, who who are uh, uh, at the helm in that program now. And boy, do they have ideas. And boy, do they have their pulse on the industry here in the Valley and what we can do to better serve it and better serve the students in those areas. I'd see, I, so I would expect to see tremendous growth in, in those areas. Um, you know, certainly, certainly a lot of our career technical education programs, I think that we'll see a lot of growth in that in particular. Does NVC have the potential to really become a destination in things like the VWT program and hospitality and the culinary program up Valley? Oh, certain, certainly. And what, and, and part of, part of that is the, is the educational program that we have. And part of that is where we are, you know, you know, properly designed programs with internships and the rest, we have opportunities for students in this area that you're just not going to find in other areas um, because of the relationships that we can build with the local indus- industry in both hospitality, uh, restaurant management, and in the winery uh, and, and in the wine business, that we could provide things for students that they just simply are not going to be able to, to access anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And is it your sense that there is a lot of community support and community cooperation in those areas at this point, or is it something you'd like to see more of? I, I would always love to see more of that. Always love to see more of that. I think that we're going in the right direction with all of those programs right now um, I, I know especially with, with with the with the impetus that we're getting behind the VWT program right now uh, the interest from our uh, winery foundation board um, and looking at a potential capital campaign for for uh, improving the facilities in that area I think all, all of that um, very much suggests that that we're getting better integrated with the community around us and that the community is in turn integrating better with us on this side but always always love to see more more integration and support on that. Eric Shear, I thank you so much for coming in. Napa uh, Valley College Vice President of Instruction. Thank, thank you, you for being very with much, us. Jeff. Thank you. NapaBroadcasting.com, the online radio home of Napa Valley College.